Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I have a new guest for your listening pleasure. He's sitting in for our friend Nate Jackson, who got called out of town by domestic duties, meaning that his wife said, you have to go out of town now. (laughs) So sitting in with me today is uh, Cody Clickner, who I'm going to let him uh, explain his job. But first, I'm going to try to tell people what you do, and then you can correct me. If I'm where I'm wrong, because I will be wrong. We met in Denver when you were, I think, going on a meeting. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but my understanding is that you used to work in petroleum engineering as someone's worker. And then you decided you saw a hole in the market and decided that you wanted to develop your own platform or technology. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Um, and start a drone business around that. Is that fairly accurate? (laughs) Okay. Cody also played basketball at Colorado School of Mines, um, which helps with our kindred spiritedness. Um, Tell me, what was the business, you don't have to name names, but what was the capacity you were in when you left? Yeah, I was an engineer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was overseeing a, a number of wells optimizing them mm-hmm. for operating costs and performance, just trying to get as much out of the ground for the least amount of money. Right. Were those wells in Colorado or? No. Okay. Not those specific wells. I worked at a number of different basins, mm-hmm. North Dakota, Pennsylvania. When you say basins, that means like means oil like, rich basins. Yeah. <laughs> like the Permian basin is the one we're all familiar with maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oil rich regions of the United States mm-hmm. or natural gas rich. Okay. Hydrocarbon rich. Hydrocarbon rich basins. Yeah. And did that involve a lot of travel? Like were you going there a lot? It depended on the role that I was in. If I was um when I was in operations, I was out in the field a lot more often because there was uh there was a need to have really good communication and relationship with the people out in the field. So and it was all about information flow, which is where I saw a gap and had a lot of frustration with. And then that frustration turned into the opportunity that I chose to pursue. Okay. And so you said frustration, you were frustrated because there just wasn't a solve for it or because people weren't paying attention to it or some of each. There was a lot of acceptance of status quo. This is just how things have always been done. There's a lot of information gathered in, in the oil field, a lot of data points. But when it comes to tying that data together to tell a story and to draw conclusions out of to um, improve processes, there's a gap in how that's being done. Mm. A lot of data being captured, but in a way that's really unmanageable. Mm. So it takes a long time to really get to to draw the conclusions out of out of that information to be able to make real data backed decisions to improve the well performance. What are three examples of pieces of data that you're getting? Like quality of the oil would be one kind of like, does that change over time or is that always the same? That stays pretty consistent. A lot of the, so production accounting is a big piece of it. How much oil is coming out of the ground? That sounds important. Yes. How much water is coming out of the ground with the oil? Okay. Like we don't want the water. Right. Okay. How much gas? It's like, yeah, it's like diluting the. Okay. Yeah. How much natural gas? Well, we don't mind the water so much, 
but it's just not really usable. The water that comes out of the ground. <laughs> what? Water from an oil well is way it, down there. Is yeah. it the good stuff? You don't there's put a, that in the Evian bottle? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's brackish water. Mm, at best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those variables are important, like yeah. amount of oil, amount of water, amount of gas that's coming out. Yeah. Okay. And that's what oil companies get paid mm-hmm. based off how much is coming out of the ground how much water is coming out that they have to get rid of because there's a cost associated with that. Uh, so that's a good example of the, of the data that they're capturing, but there's also the oil just these days, not like back in the time of there will be blood where it just, you just walk along the ground and it's right there and it's seeping out. And then it's, you drill down deep enough and it's gushing out. Now you have to frack the rock, break the rock in that formation to get the oil to get into the well bore. And then there's natural pressure that pushes the oil up to surface. When that there isn't enough pressure, then you have an artificial lift and you have equipment going in into the well. So the the condition that the equipment is going in the well, what type of equipment is going into the well, what condition is it coming out of? Effectively, and you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you've got a multivariate problem in that you've got, this is how much the oil is worth right now, which changes all the time, right? You've got, this is how much it's costing us to get that oil out of the ground, which like you said, is going to change because at first it's probably somewhat easier and then it gets harder as it goes. Although there's a big cost up front with just setting up the well. So that's where this calculation comes in is that there's so many of these variables that are changing all the time. Yeah. And then what happens is you have this, this fractured network of solutions. One company is really good about capturing production accounting, the volume of, of the fluids that are coming out of the ground. You have another one that's really good at capturing the pressures at surface and collecting the data from gauges and sensors. And then you have another company that's good at all these niche things um, capturing the costs. And so you have to tie all that information together to tell a complete story. Uh, and that's partly what I'm doing with well information technologies is kind of bringing to the industry sort of the single source solution for their well management. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that gives us a baseline. Uh, I do want to mention that later I'm going to check in uh, with you on your processes because you're running this business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as uh, regular listeners will understand, I'm also going to make you throw down a couple of commitments that you'd like to make in uh, in your systems personally going forward. But I want to come back to first, when did you decide to go out on your own? Like how long has it been and what was the proverbial breaking point? Yeah, it's basically been two years almost two years. That's when I left my previous employer. There was about a year of ideation and trying to bring, figure out who is going to, cause I'm not a, I'm building software. I'm not a software developer. So who can help me turn this idea into a reality? Okay. So the, so the year, one year was while you were still working, mm-hmm. you were starting to cook up. This is what I might want to do. Okay. Yeah. And then what was the breaking point, the office space moment where you said, I'm kicking this printer and I'm moving down the line? Yeah. I think 
I might be an OG quiet quitter. <laughs> <laughs> so an OG QQ. They started coming out with the quiet quitting articles. And I was like, I think that's what I did mm. about two years ago. And I'd been thinking about what it would be like to start something on my own for much longer than three years ago. What that, what that looked like, I wasn't sure. And so I started thinking about the things that were making me frustrated and trying to find opportunities in those and seeing if there was anything viable that could come out of those, those frustrations. Um, and then at some point there was this idea that just wouldn't go away. Mm. Uh, and so I was thinking about that idea and I would try to, to break the idea. I try to shake it off and, focus on other things and it just always kept coming back and that's when i kind of knew like hey i need to take this a little bit more seriously and start start vetting it with other people and seeing if they're kind of seeing similar opportunities without kind of spilling the beans and yeah there was an, enough positive feedback to really take it on as something that i could pursue full time and was that also speaking of multivariate calculations did you think about this is how much money I've saved and therefore I can last a certain amount of time? Totally. Okay. It's like constant, constant look at, at the runway and what that means. And yeah, I ended up sticking it out for longer than I initially thought I would at your, at my current or previous my job, previous yeah. job, because I wanted to make sure that there was enough there to be able to execute on the idea. and pay a mortgage and provide for a family right. while I'm not taking in any income. You have also children, mm -hmm. right? Which factors into this in that, um, that makes it a little more stressful. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. And for those of us who are just out doing it on our own, you know, I always fall back to if worse came to worse, I could just start sleeping here at the process and shower at the 24 hour fitness, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I have a few more people to to consider mm -hmm. when I'm making those types of decisions. How do you feel about the calculations you made? Oh, really good. Oh, okay. Like I kept a forecast, mm. my original forecast unchanged um next to my actuals and my projected forecast off the actuals and um I have survived longer than what my original forecast showed. So it means something's Going right. Well done. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> still have a house. What do you do now, day to day? What's your, because I think this is always interesting in, in an entrepreneurial um, world because it's so different from most people's jobs in that most people in the world are given a set of things to accomplish probably or a system or, or a process to manage, right? Like you've got to, I mean, I'm right now I'm watching out our window. These five guys are laying bricks on what looks like a keep within the castle uh, of this large apartment complex that's getting built. And obviously I, they're not obviously, but I'm pretty sure it's an elevator shaft, but it looks so nice because they just have to, it looks like they're actually building a castle. They're they've got these big old cinder blocks that they're you know smushing together with what's the putty that goes between 
bricks mortar, I guess mortar. Yeah. It looks so satisfying. And it's clear that they were given the task today of like build this tower. <laughs> but when you're in a world of starting your own business, you don't always know what the tower is. So what is your usual week to week day to day? Like it's a balance between customer growth, fundraising and product development. Mm. And so I'm constantly juggling between those two. And if I'm focusing on one, that means the other two aren't getting any attention. So solo founder, Mm -hmm. I'm the only guy right now. Um, So the day-to-day changes a lot, but it's, yeah, it's kind of narrowed down to one of those three things. So if I'm not focusing on one of those things, then I'm not doing something that's going to bring value to the company Mm -hmm. and moving me closer to what I've heard you refer to as the North star. So my North star is making this a successful business and I don't have a successful business without customers. I don't have customers without product and I don't have product if I can't pay for people to build it. Yeah. So I'm focusing on, on those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as like a process goes, there really isn't a big process. Things change so quickly at this stage of a company mm-hmm. that you can't like, you have to be, the process is having a process of self-awareness to know when to adjust the process, mm-hmm. which could be from one day to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives us a sense of, of who you are and what you're doing. What's gone well in the last, say, month about your habits, your routines, the way you're thinking, connection to values, any of those things? A lot. So beginning of the year, started raising funds for the business, initial seed round, completely stepping out of my comfort zone. So January was like just all sort of this this gathering of resources and trying to put the things together to help me get the things so then I could build the thing, which feels a bit unproductive when you're just like kind of foraging around or sharpening the knife. You're not actually doing anything, but now seeing all those things started like the benefits of all that preparation, build it, putting a pitch deck together, practicing the pitch, uh, having a lot of people look at the pitch and then going back and, and revising the pitch. All that stuff is starting to pay off now. People are interested in investing. The customer outreach that I did all last year is starting to become fruitful with people saying, hey, we met last year. I think we need your thing. Can you show me what you're working with? And and going from there. So there's some. it's just nice to see the flywheel start to be put in motion and start to move in motion on its own a little bit. What feels like it's on, on its own, even though it's been a ton of effort up front. Did most of those people come back to you of their own accord or did you have to stir the pot or how did that go? The most recent one just came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, Hey, we met at a golf tournament last year. This like we, need this well management thing. Can you show us what you have? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right on. So was that um a situation where you had a f- the finished product ready to show off? So yes. you were able to yes. say we can put this into play 
tomorrow if you need to. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. got to be a comforting feeling. So in some ways, the product development is maybe slightly backburnered because it's fairly ready to go or no? It's the opposite. Oh, okay. So MVP built, went live. For those who are not necessarily versed, MVP means minimum viable product in this context. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so used to startup jargon. jargon. And then you mix that with oil field jargon. It's it's a recipe for disaster and you lose people pretty quick. Yeah, it actually, product development now is more front and center because there's a lot of things that have been put on hold while I was generating interest. And so, yeah, we can do everything that needs to be done, but now we want to start separating ourselves from what currently exists. Um, even more so than we already have, uh, to really bring value to the customers and make it an an easy decision for them to choose well information technologies. So to get back to your win, would your win mostly be then that you stepped out of your comfort zone, started raising money, and it worked? Yeah. Well, essentially, I was putting feelers out for product development, fundraising, and customer growth. And it's all kind of picking up right at the same time. Uh, so there's some capital coming in. There's people interested on working on the project. And there's people interested in using the product. Mm. Uh, so it's all just, like I said, it's kind of constant. You need to be focused at one thing at a time. But you also need to make sure you're managing the time so that each piece is getting the attention that it needs to be able to continue to move forward. Right. So it sounds like the real win then, if I'm going to keep trying to distill this down is patience, patience in that the the stuff that you worked on last year and for the last couple of years is uh, coming to roost. Yeah. I've been talking about this recently and it's really just surviving. And that takes, Patience. Yeah. Yeah. Patience and support. How, how is your support system in that? What do you think your wife, for example, has brought to this as far as being supportive in the dark hours of the nights when you didn't think that patience was going to (laughs) come true? Yeah. I'm she's, oh man, she's been nothing but supportive. She got to see the whole process of quiet quitting and how impactful that was on just my own mental well-being and how I showed up at at work and then at the house like come back to the house and working a job that I knew I wasn't going to stay at that for much longer and um the itch to want to do this other thing so she's been super supportive taking on the kids jumping into any cost savings budgeting thing that we're doing and taking ownership over that so that we have the runway to be able to do what, what we want to do. And she's just been super helpful and supportive in that way. And if there's something that comes up last minute, like, Hey, there's an industry event where I can like get in front of the people I need to get in front of. She's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll do bedtime on my own Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll ready myself for that and do it. And take that on so you can do this thing that's going to lead to something better for our family. Right. 
Right on. What about a loss? What's what hasn't gone so well? I think that's a little harder to distill. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, somebody talked about it recently in a way of like, they asked the founder what they failed at recently. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. And then they, they rephrase it as what, what has been a loss. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't get this and this and this. You, you have to move so quickly. Like you take the loss on the chin and then you continue moving forward. So I'm trying to think of like one distinct loss recently. This one isn't so recent, but I, I lost a customer. Not a, They weren't a customer of mine. They were a potential customer. They were looking for what I was doing. When I followed up with them on why they didn't choose to go with our product, they said they were looking for a more established company. Totally get it. It's almost not a loss because I got that feedback from them. So there's a win in saying, hey, people are, people are keen to having this type of company. I need to either build up the team or the, the, in the background so that I can show that I am that type of company. And I think a lot of people lie in those situations <laughs> and say, right. no, I am, or, or, fate, or pretend just to close the deal. Mm-hmm. But another win that came out of that is I was able to be authentic mm. with them and say, look, this is where I'm at. I'm looking for customers that are going to help me succeed and help me grow. So there's um, an expectation of some feedback um, and understanding of where we're at and kind of going, there might be some bugs that I'm unaware of right now that they're trying to, that you know, they might encounter. Um, and so they're kind of willing to grow with me. Mm. Um, and I found a few companies that are willing to do that. And it's more beneficial than trying to manage somebody who's saying, Hey, you said you were going to do this and you can't do that. And what's going on. So does that mean that you, for lack of a better analogy or test case, you're not right now going to go out to uh, BP and say, Hey, sign me up. You're looking to ramp your way up to working for BP. Yeah. I'll approach them if I'm aware of like a specific project that I can fit into, but yeah, I'm not going to take on their entire well management system today. Um, because there is, there's sort of knowing what your limits are. And if I were to do that, I could potentially be crushed and not be able to provide what they need. And then just completely collapse under that pressure. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. What do you think your sports past has trained you in in this pursuit? Just showing up. Mm. I mean, you you have to practice. Like you show up to practice so that you can get the playing time um, and be part of the team. And you don't get to be part of the team if you don't show up. Uh, Cause uh, there's a lot of people that want that spot too. Um, but yeah, just showing up mm-hmm. like whether you want to show up or yeah. not. Right. Like I remember practices where I was probably pushing the limits of like being contagious to everybody because I was so sick, but it was just not a thing. Like you, sh- you showed up. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably changed a little bit over the last couple of years, but it mm-hmm. was, it was definitely about, 
you know, you're not going to get better if you don't, if you're not present. Mm-hmm. Looking forward as we, uh, round third base in the, in the podcast, what's something that you would resolve to do differently um, with the systems that you have. And when I talk about systems that, that could also mean how you're sleeping, how you're eating, uh, frame of mind, uh, outside help you want to get what, uh, what's something that you could commit to, to us that you want to pull off in the next, say two months. Yeah. Uh, I heard a long time ago at Boulder startup week, some panel and someone said, Business, family, fitness, pick two. Mm, mm-hmm. That's not exactly how it went, but right. you, you get the point. Right. And I disagree. Okay. Uh, because you need the family, you need your health, which requires fitness. Um, and if you're pursuing a business, then you need to have that business be, you know, like you need to give it your all. But you, I think where you tie in the patience and everything else is like the patience helps you do those things. If you have the process in place, you have the North star that you're moving towards. You know that everything you're doing, all your actions and your intentions for a day or a week are geared towards your moving towards your North star. Then you can kind of schedule around the balance of having your family and having your health. And you don't just have to pick one. You don't have to eat take out every day and just open the fridge and Mm -hmm. like grab all your leftover Chinese food or whatever, um, and live off that. Like you, you can have it all. It's just balancing the sacrifices too within there and knowing like, Hey, yeah, you can't afford that. So you find the more cost effective way to get what you need. If -hmm. you don't have, if you, can't pay for the membership to the gym at that time, then you do some home workouts and you pull up YouTube and find a workout to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can create that time and still move forward. And I think that's a lot of what the process does. So the person that I heard that from knowing what I know today, I would come back and challenge them and say, what are your, what's your process look like? Cause I could probably find a way that they could have, all of those things that they, that they wanted. Yeah. We do sort of glamorize that lifestyle of the unhealthy eating salesman on the road, let's say, right. Who's out there every night trying to close deals for six months. And so they let their body go. Um, and that does overlook that idea that actually his physical fitness would probably make him a better salesman. Right. Right. We, we forget that these things also help to self-regulate and to nourish one another. Um, I remember in, I guess, I think it was stories I tell on dates. I put one of those charts in there, the triangle that I had decided for my basketball day or my college basketball days was basketball, academics, social life, pick two. Yeah. Right. And so I think I came from a similar attitude or mindset. I think now I would change that to something like each day you're going to have to pick two, but you can come up with a system like you're saying yeah. to uh, keep these things weaving together and co-mingling in a way that actually helps to uh, make each of them better. Right. It's just that it is true that you may not be able to do all three of them 
today. Yeah. Right. Like you may, I, I find that to be true, especially with like health stuff. I mean, okay, this might be a week, for example, where I'm really focused on seeing a, a PT and doing some training. And then the next week it's more going to be just me on my own with the health stuff. So that goes into a little bit of the background, whereas something else goes into the foreground. It's like layers in Adobe Illustrator. Like you're yeah. <laughs> like these, I might have to send that guy to the back, but that doesn't mean he's gone forever. Right. We've talked about this before tying this back to sports and no longer playing at that high level of, of competition. The expectation of fitness when we were playing was different now that we're not playing. And you don't have to go and kill yourself every time you go do a workout to feel like fulfilled for your fitness. Mm -hmm. um, that has been a really hard adjustment for me and kind of why I went the opposite way it was just for a while. and just like quit working out because it wasn't sustainable to kill myself. And I didn't know where that in between was for me, but it's accepting the fact that, yeah, I'm going to go feed the dog in the garage. And that's when I get my pull-ups in or nice. that's good. something, man, that's good habit um, stacking right there. And just yeah. trying like finding the time and, and the ways to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I keep an, I don't obsess over it, but I keep an eye on like what my phone screen time is and I have a goal of where I want to get down to. Um, and if I, if I get below that, then I would like to, you know, I get, I get a reward. Um, I haven't gotten that low yet, but I know within that screen time, there's opportunity to fit something else in there that moves me closer to my North star. Okay. So the, what is the exact resolution? Yeah. So 10% better. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. That's really, it's really hard because the process has changed so fast mm -hmm. um, at this stage. But is there anything like that you want to do with your sleeping, with your relationships, with um, that you know yeah. would nourish the business? It doesn't have to necessarily be business related. Yeah. So my, I mean, you could also say, I just want to use the word obsequious more in my emails. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we talked about how supportive my wife has been. She steps up, no questions asked to, so I can do the things I need to do. But, um, where we could improve is a time for ourselves where we're not getting interrupted with a, Hey mom or Hey dad, can I have this? Can I do that? Um, and so being able to have that separation, she gets that we have opportunity to connect. So connecting with my wife. So like a, a fixed date night of yeah. some kind. Okay. So that would be your, I'm putting this down as your resolution. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does that look like specifically? Uh, it could be any, it could be a breakfast. It could be just grabbing a coffee. Yeah. Going for a walk without kids around. Yeah. Yeah. So fairly simple in the, uh, smart goals. Yes. Pantheon. <laughs> it seems like this is fairly actionable and reasonable. Okay. You're in. Your your right. debut has been made. You've made your resolution, uh, and we will uh, check in next time that uh, that you sub in. Where can people find you if they want to pay attention to what you're doing? LinkedIn. Okay, just look up Cody Clickner and Well Info Tech. Yep, and you'll find if you're if you're in the need, you're in the need for, for information well management, technology, <laughs> some oil field software. Right, look me up.
I feel like if somebody asked you, what do you do? Oil field software explains it pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. Oil field software. <laughs> That's one thing. I'm actually still trying to work on that because if, if I'm in Denver, I can say, well, I run a co-working space, but if I'm not in Denver and that's also not exactly what we, uh, in, that's not the entirety of what we do. Yeah. So we're still working on that framing. You've got a good thing going on. I think so. I hope so. Feels like it. It's getting there. All right, Cody, thank you for being here. Thank and, you for uh, having me. I expect a f- full report on this date that you're going to go on. <laughs> Can't wait. Hey friends. Paul here. I really appreciate you listening. The executive producer of the Process podcast is Rich Berner. Music came to us courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. I'll talk to you again soon.